0: Hello and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre, Australia. In this podcast series, we will be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. Whether you are on the meditation cushion or on your way to work, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the teachings of the Buddha. Today, we will share with you part two of the
1: teachings we received during our recent Christmas Bhavana course, which was held from 27th to 31st December 2018. The retreat was conducted under the guidance of Venerable Bhante Vimalaramsi Ramsi and Venerable Sister Kanti Kihima of Dharmasukha Meditation Center in Annapolis, Missouri, through their online retreat program. The teachings which we will be sharing with you today can be accessed from the Dharmasukha website, www.dharmasukha.org, spelled as D-H-A-M-M-A-S-U-K-H-A dot on day one, after we listened to the 30-minute talk on meta Meditation by Sister Kima, which was read during the last podcast, we had a short break to stretch our legs before regathering in the hall to read from the Michihama Nikaya Sutta, as prescribed by Bhante Vimala Ramsey. Bhante places much emphasis on the importance of researching, understanding and practicing the original texts, of Buddhism and his explanation and commentaries are very clear and concise. The course gave us deep confidence in the Buddhist teachings and a real love for reading directly from the suttas. The first sutta that we read from on day 1 was the Mijima Nikaya 128 10-12. It taught us about how to mix with each other like milk and water. The following translation is from the website www.suttacentral.net spelt as net. Majihima Nikaya 128 10-12 Then Venerables Anuranda, Nandiya and Kimbila approached the Blessed One, accepted bowl and robes from the Blessed One. One prepared a seat and another administered water to wash the feet. The Blessed One sat on the prepared seat and washed his feet. Those Venerable Ones worshipped the Blessed One and sat on a side. The Blessed One addressed Venerable Anuranda. Anuranda, are you alright? Do you have any fatigue owing to wanting of morsel food? Venerable Sir, we are all right. We have no fatigue owing to lack of morsel food. Anuranda, are you united and friendly without a dispute like milk and water? And do you abide seeing each other with friendly eyes? Venerable Sir, We are united like milk and water, friendly, without a dispute, and abide seeing each other with friendly eyes. Anuradha. How do you abide united like milk and water, friendly, without a dispute, seeing each other with friendly eyes? Venerable Sir. This thought occurs to me, it is gain for me, that I live with such co-associates in the holy life. So I abide with bodily actions of loving-kindness towards these Venerable Ones openly and secretly, with mental actions of loving-kindness towards these Venerable Ones openly and secretly. Sometimes it occurs to me, what if I discard my thoughts and concede to the thoughts of these Venerable Ones? So I discard my thoughts and concede to the thoughts of this Venerable Ones. Venerable Sir, we are various in bodies and one in mind. Venerable Nandiyand, Venerable Kimbila too said to the Blessed One. Venerable Sir, this thought occurs to me. It is gainful for me that I live with such co-associates in the Holy Life. So I abide. With bodily actions of loving kindness towards these venerable ones openly and secretly. With verbal actions of loving kindness openly and secretly. With mental actions of loving kindness openly and secretly. Sometimes it occurs to me what if I discard my thoughts and concede to the thoughts of these venerable ones? So I discard my thoughts and concede to the thoughts of these venerable ones. Venerable Sir, we are various in bodies and single in mind. Venerable Sir, in this manner we abide united like milk and water, friendly without a dispute, seeing each other with friendly eyes. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. During the afternoon, students engage in the meritorious activities, sitting and walking meditation. We watched an orientation talk from Venerable Bhante Vimalaramsi, where he talked about his experience with meditation over the years as a monk and how it was that he came to develop the practice of tranquil wisdom inside meditation with the acronym TWIM, which comes directly from the instructions from the Buddha found in the Pali Canon. Bhante explained that when he went back to study the original suttas, he noticed that the Buddha made reference to tranquilizing or relaxing during meditation. Bhante realized that this was a significant step. Thus, the Tranquil Wisdom inside meditation method was developed. We will now share a teaching from Bhante Vimalaramse Ramsey and Sister Kima which provides further explanation of Tranquil Wisdom
0: Insight Meditation and the 6R practice. What is Tranquil Wisdom Insight Meditation, TWIM for short? The Tranquil Wisdom Insight Meditation or TWIM is a very simple set of instructions for a daily live meditation extracted from the Pali Canon. It is based on the four steps of right effort, and the relaxed step you learn here comes out of the tranquilization instructions found in the Anapanasati Sutta in the Majjhima Nikaya. The steps of right effort were designed by the Buddha So that you would learn to shift your general mind states from unwholesome states to wholesome states. This helps us to begin to let go of quick reactions in our life and it helps you to begin responding more often instead. Mind then has more space to come up with creative peaceful solutions for living in this world. The steps of right effort are as follows. Number 1. Recognize any unwholesome mind state in mind. This is any mind states with tension and tightness in it. Number 2. Release mind's attention of of that thought and relax any tension most often in the head and in the body. Number 3. Bring up a wholesome mind state now. Re-smile as you return. Mind's attention to whatever you were doing when you were pulled away. Number four, keep the wholesome mind state going. Meaning, keep that smile going into whatever task you are doing and repeat this cycle if you are pulled away again until mind learns to do this automatically. This is twim recognize, release and relax, re-smile and return, repeat. So the practice of right effort is a neat little meditation that can become a part of your daily life. It also teaches us a couple of lessons as we practice it. What you think and ponder on, that becomes the inclination of your mind. And what you do in the present moment dictates what happens in the future. This meditation is a living meditation, which means that wherever you go, whatever is going on, whatever you are doing, you can incorporate this meditation into your life. This concludes the explanation of TWIM, Tranquil Wisdom Insight Meditation, and the 6R practice of Recognize, Release, relax, re-smile, return and repeat. After watching Bhante Firmala Ramsey's Dharma Talk on the first evening, we had a live question and answer session on WhatsApp with Venerable Sister Kima, where she was able to elaborate further on the teachings we had received during the day and answer some questions from the students. Sister Kima asked that Each of us sent a report, answering a series of five questions each day, and emailed it to her personally. This would allow her to track our individual practice, and she was able to provide us with personalised feedback and advice. This daily communication with the venerable was extremely helpful for each student, and we were able to apply her advice and make improvements each day throughout the course. At the start of the second day of our five-day Christmas Bhavana retreat, once we completed the preliminaries, students sat in meditation on loving-kindness for 30 minutes. We followed the instruction of sending metta to oneself for 10 minutes, then to a spiritual friend for 20 minutes. Any time a distraction came up, we were instructed to apply the six R's of recognizing that our mind had been pulled away from our object of meditation, the feeling of loving-kindness, release our attention from that thought, relax the tension in the head or body by letting go, then re-smile to lighten the mind and return to the object of meditation. This was to be repeated any time our attention was pulled away from the object. With practice, Sister Kima advised that we should be able to perform the six hours in one's sweeping motion like a dance, and it would eventually become automatic. Between each session of sitting meditation, we were instructed to do some walking meditation, at least 15 minutes at a time. Unlike the very slow walking meditation that our students are accustomed to, Bhante Fima Ramsey instructed us to to walk at a pace that gets our circulation going. There is a purpose for slow walking meditation. However, with Tranquil Wisdom Insight Meditation Method, we are asked to bring our practice of radiating loving-kindness to our spiritual friend off the meditation cushion and into our everyday life. Walking meditation is an opportunity to practice this. It also ensures that we keep our bodies and mind healthy and brisk walking will give us energy for our sitting meditation. In the afternoon on day two, we listened to a Dharma talk by Bhante Firmala Ramsey where he provided an exposition of a summary of the Udesa Vibhanga Sutta from Rajima Nikaya 138. This sutta has maha Kachana explained what the Buddha meant by material form is the cause. We will now read a translation of this sutta by Nissaro Bhikkhu from the website www.dhamatalks.org. Udessa Vibhanga Sutta.
1: I have heard that on one occasion the Blessed One was staying near Savati in Jata's Grove, Anathapindika's monastery. There he addressed the monks. Monks, yes, Lord, the monks replied. The Blessed One said, Monks, I will teach you a statement and its analysis. Listen and pay close attention. I will speak. As you say, Lord, the monks responded. The Blessed One said this. A monk should investigate in such a way that his consciousness neither externally scattered and diffused nor internally positioned. He would from lack of clinging, sustenance, be unagitated. When his consciousness neither externally scattered and diffused nor internally positioned, from lack of clinging sustenance, he will be unagitated. There is no seed for the conditions of future birth, aging, death or stress. This is what the Blessed One said. Having said it, the One well gone got up from his seat and went into his dwelling. Then... Not long after the Blessed One had left, this thought occurred to the monks. This brief statement the Blessed One has made, after which he went into his dwelling without analysing the detailed meaning, i.e. a monk should investigate in such a way that his consciousness neither externally scattered and diffused nor internally positioned, he would from lack of clinging, sustenance, be unagitated when his consciousness neither externally scattered and diffused nor internally positioned from lack of clinging sustenance he would be unagitated there's no seed for the conditions of future birth aging death or stress now who might analyze the unanalyzed detailed meaning of this brief statement Then the thought occurred to them, Venerable Mahakachana is praised by the teacher and esteemed by his knowledgeable companions in the holy life. He is capable of analysing the unanalyzed detailed meaning of this brief statement. Suppose we were to go to him and on arrival question him about this matter. So the monks went to Venerable Mahakachana. And on arrival, exchanged courteous greetings with him. After an exchange of friendly greetings and courtesies, they sat to one side. As they were standing there, they told him what had happened and added, Analyse the meaning, Venerable Mahakchana. He replied, Friends, it's as if a man needing heartwood, looking for heartwood, wandering in search of heartwood. Passing over the root and trunk of a standing tree possessing heartwood, were to imagine that heartwood should be looked for among its branches and leaves. So it is with you, who, having bypassed the Blessed One, when you were face to face with him, the teacher, imagine that I should be asked about this matter. For knowing, the Blessed One knows, seeing, he sees, he is the eye, He is knowledge. He is Dharma. He is Brahma. He is the speaker, the proclaimer, the elucidator of meaning, the giver of the deathless, the lord of the Dharma, the Tathagata. That was the time when you should have questioned him about this matter. However, he answered, that was how you should have remembered it. Yes, friend Kachana. Knowing, the Blessed One knows, seeing, he sees. He is the eye, he is knowledge, he is Dharma, he is Brahma. He is the speaker, the proclaimer, the elucidator of meaning, the giver of deathless, the lord of the Dharma, the Tathagata. That was the time when we should have questioned him about this matter. However, he answered, that was how we should have remembered it. But you were praised by the teacher and esteemed by your knowledgeable companions in the holy life. You are capable of analysing the unanalyzed detailed meaning of this brief statement. Analyze the meaning, of Venerable Maha Kachana without making it difficult. In that case, my friends, listen and pay close attention. I will speak. As you say, friend, the monks responded. Manabur Mahakachana said this, Friends, concerning the brief statement the Blessed One made, after which he entered his dwelling without analysing the detailed meaning, i.e. a monk should investigate in such a way that his consciousness neither externally scattered and diffused nor internally positioned, he would from lack of clinging sustainance, be unagitated. When his consciousness neither externally scattered or diffused, nor internally positioned from lack of clinging, sustenance, he would be unagitated. There's no seed for the conditions of future birth, aging, death, or stress. I understand the detailed meaning to be this. How is consciousness said to be scattered and diffused? There is the case where a form is seen with the eye and consciousness follows the drift. The themes of the form is tied to the attraction of the theme of the form. It's chained to the attraction of the theme of the form. It's fettered and joined to the attraction of the theme of the form. Consciousness is said to be externally scattered and diffused. There is the case where, where a sound is heard with the ear. An aroma is smelled with the nose. A flavor is tasted with the tongue. A tactile sensation is felt with the body. An idea is cognized with the intellect. And consciousness follows the drift of the theme of the idea. is tied to the attraction of the theme of the idea. is chained to the attraction of the theme of the idea is fettered and joined to the attraction of the theme of the idea. Consciousness is said to be externally scattered and diffused. And how is consciousness said not to be externally scattered and diffused? There is the case where a form is seen with the eye and consciousness does not follow the drift of the theme of the form, is not tied to, chained to, fettered, adjoined to the attraction of the theme of the form. Consciousness is said not to be externally scattered and diffused. There is the case where a sound is heard with the ear, an aroma is smelled with the nose, a flavour is tasted with the tongue, a tactile sensation felt with the body, an idea is cognised with the intellect. And consciousness does not follow the drift of the theme of the idea. is not tied to, chained to, fettered or joined to the attraction of the theme of the idea. Consciousness is said not to be externally scattered and diffused. And how is the mind said to be internally positioned? There is the case where a monk, quite withdrawn from sensuality, Withdrawn from unskillful mental qualities, enters and remains in the first jhana, rapture and pleasure born from withdrawal, accompanied by directed thought and evaluation. His consciousness follows the drift of the rapture, pleasure born of withdrawal, is tied to, chained, fettered, joined to the attraction of the rapture and pleasure born of withdrawal or further, with the stilling of directed thoughts and evaluations. He enters and remains in the second jhana, rapture and pleasure born of concentration, unification for awareness free from directed thought and evaluation, internal assurance. His consciousness follows the drift of rapture, pleasure born of composure, is tied to, chained, fettered, and joined to the attraction of the rapture and pleasure born of composure. Or further, with the fading of rapture, he remains equanimous, mindful, and alert, and senses pleasure with the body. He enters and remains in the third jhana, of which the noble ones declare equanimous and mindful. He has a pleasant abiding. His consciousness follows the drift of the equanimity and pleasure, is tied to, chained, fettered, and joined to the attraction of the equanimity and pleasure. Or further, with the abandoning of pleasure and pain, as with the earlier disappearance of elation and distress, he enters and remains in the fourth jhana, purity of equanimity and mindfulness. Neither pleasure nor pain. His consciousness follows the drift of the neither pleasure nor pain, is tied to, chained to, fettered, joined to the attraction of the neither pleasure nor pain. The mind is said to be internally positioned.
0: And how is the mind said not to be internally positioned? And how is the mind said? Not to be internally positioned. There is the case where a monk, quite withdrawn from sensuality, withdrawn from unskillful mental qualities, enters and remains in the first jhana, raptured and pleasure-born from withdrawal, accompanied by directed thought and evaluation. His consciousness does not follow the drift of the rapture and pleasure born of withdrawal, is not tied to, chained to, fettered or joined to the attraction of the rapture and pleasure, born of withdrawal. Or further, with the stilling of directed thoughts and evaluations, he enters and it remains in the second jhana, rapture and pleasure born of concentration, unification, of awareness, free from directed thoughts and evaluation, internal assurance. His consciousness does not follow the drift of the rapture and pleasure born of composure, is not tied to, chained, vetted or joined to the attraction of the rapture and pleasure born of composure. Or further, with this fading of rapture, he remains equanimous, mindful and alert, and senses pleasures with the body. He enters and remains in the third jhana, of which the noble ones declare equanimous and mindful. He has a pleasant abiding. His consciousness does not follow the drift of the equanimity and pleasure, is not tied to, chained, fettered, or joined to the attraction of the equanimity and pleasure. Or further, with the abandoning of pleasure and pain, as with the earlier disappearance of elation and distress, he enters and remains in the fourth jhana, purity of equanimity and mindfulness, neither pleasure nor pain. His consciousness does not follow the drift of neither pleasure nor pain, is not tied to chained to, fettered or joined to the attraction of the neither pleasure nor pain. The mind is said to be not internally positioned. And how is agitation caused by clinging and sustenance? There is the case where an uninstructed, run-of-the-mill person who has no regard for the noble ones is not well first or disciplined in the Dharma, who has no regard for men of integrity, is not well first or disciplined in the Dharma, assumes form to be the self, or the self as possessing form, or form as in the self, or the self as in form. His form changes and is unstable. Because of the changes and instability of form, his consciousness alters in accordance with the change in form. With the agitations born from the alteration in accordance with the change in form and coming from the co-arising of unskillful mental qualities, his mind stays consumed. And because of the consumption of awareness, he feels fearful, threatened, solicitous. He assumes feeling to be the self, he assumes perception to be the self, he assumes mental fabrications to be the self, he assumes consciousness to be the self. Of the self as possessing consciousness, or consciousness as in the self, or the self as in consciousness, his consciousness changes and is unstable. Because of the change and instability of consciousness, his consciousness alters in accordance with the change in consciousness. With the agitations born from the alteration in accordance with the change in consciousness and coming from the co arising of unskillful mental qualities, his mind stays consumed, and because of the consumption of awareness, he feels fearful, threatened, And solicitous. This friend is how agitation is caused by clinging and sustenance and how is non-agitation caused by lack of clinging and sustenance. There is the case where an instructed disciple of the noble ones who has regard for noble ones is well first and disciplined in the Dharma who has regard for men of integrity, it's well-first, and disciplined in the Dharma, doesn't assume form to be the self, or the self as possession form, or form as in the self, or the self as in form. His form changes and is unstable, but his consciousness doesn't, because of the change and instability of form, alter in accordance with the change in form. His mind is not consumed with any agitations born from an alteration in accordance with the change in form or coming from the co-arising of unskillful mental qualities. And because his awareness is not consumed, he feels neither fearful, threatened, nor solicitous. He doesn't assume feelings to be the self, He doesn't assume perception to be the self. He doesn't assume fabrications to be the self. He doesn't assume consciousness to be the self, or the self as possessing consciousness, or consciousness as in the self, or the self as in consciousness. His consciousness changes and is unstable, but his consciousness doesn't. Because of the change and instability of consciousness, altering the accordance with the change in consciousness, his mind is not consumed with any agitations born from an alteration in accordance with the change in consciousness or coming from the co arising of unskillful mental qualities. And because his awareness is not consumed, he feels neither fearful threatened, nor solicitous. This, friends, is how non-agitation is caused by lack of clinging and sustenance. So concerning the brief statement the Blessed One made, after which he enters his dwelling without analysing the detailed meaning, that is, a monk should investigate in such a way that his consciousness neither externally scattered and diffused, nor internally positioned, he would from lack of clinging and sustenance be unagitated. When his consciousness neither externally scattered and diffused, nor internally positioned, from lack of clinging and sustenance, he would be unagitated, there is no seed for the conditions of future birth, ageing, death or stress. This is how I understand the detailed meaning. Now friends, if you wish, having gone to the Blessed One, question him about this matter. However he answers is how you should remember it. Then the monks, delighting in and approving of Venerable Maha words, got up from their seats and went to the Blessed One. On arrival, having bowed down to him, they sat to one side, as they were sitting there, they told him what had happened after he had gone into his dwelling and ended by saying, then Venerable Mahakachayana analysed the meaning using these words, these statements, these phrases. Mahakachayana is wise, monks, He is a person of great discernment. If you had asked me about this matter, I too would have answered in the same way he did. That is its meaning, and that is how you should remember it. This is what the Blessed One said, gratified, the monks delighted in the Blessed One's words, Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Please tune in, to our next podcast, when we will share part three of the teachings we received during our recent Christmas Bhavana retreat. Today's script was compiled by Anita Carter, Frank Carter, and Claire Ransom from teachings we received from Venerable Bhante Vimalaramsi and Venerable Sister Kanti Kima. Reference for Majima Nikaya 128.10-12. The material above is sourced from https colon forward slash forward slash net. All original material created by Suta Central is dedicated to the public domain as per Creative Commons 0. Reference for Udessa Vibhanga Sutta. Udessa Vibhanga Sutta. An analysis of the statement. MN 138. Translated from the Pali by Thanissaro Miku Access to Insight BCBS Edition 30th November 2013 HTTP colon forward slash forward slash access to insight.org forward slash tipitaka forward slash mn forward slash mn dot 138 dot t h a n dot html